Welcome to the VoiceOver Insider Podcast with Julie Williams and VoiceOver Insider Editor Gary McFadden. Welcome to the free VoiceOver Insider Podcast brought to you by IPDTL. I'm your host, Julie Williams, publisher of the free VoiceOver Insider, now in our 10th year of serving the VoiceOver community for free. By the way, you can sign up for the free VoiceOver Insider at voiceoverinsider.com. I'd like to welcome Satana Howry to the Free VoiceOver Insider podcast. Satana has an interesting story to tell. She was born totally blind and has overcome obstacles to become a voiceover artist. Satana, welcome to the program, to the Free VoiceOver Insider podcast. Thanks. It's great to be here. You know, I am just so impressed with you. Uh, from the, the day I met you at Voice 2014 in Los Angeles last year, um, because you have been you were born totally blind. I was. And you do voiceover, and you are amazing at it. And I just, you know, I hope this doesn't sound not politically correct or anything, but how in the world do you do that? Uh, you read print and I read Braille. That's basically the short answer. So you get a script, and how is it transferred to Braille? So I use a Braille display. I use something called a Braille Sense. And there are all sorts of different Braille displays out there. Um, the one I primarily use is called a Braille Sense. And it's got this little line that goes along the bottom of it. And it's kind of a square box. And it's got a keyboard on it, which is a Braille keyboard and a bunch of other buttons for navigation and things like that. And then it's got all these ports like you would normally see on things that you know and love, like a USB port and a port to connect to the network yeah, uh -huh. and, um, you know, your port where you charge the battery and all that kind of thing. Um, and so I can use this as a standalone device or I can use it connected to my computer in the same way that you would use a monitor. Okay, so you don't need a special computer. You just have this device either standalone or with your computer. Yes. So if I were to hire you for a voiceover, I would just send you like a PDF or a Word doc, and that's yep. all I have to worry about. That's pretty much all you have to worry about. So you have a, probably a lot of clients who don't even realize that you're not doing this in the same uh, in the same way. Oh yeah, I, I yeah totally. I don't I don't generally point it out unless I have to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there have been cases where I've had to. I had someone who was gonna, we were going to do a ton of e learning, and it was financial e learning, and this person wanted to send me a notebook with all of the graphics and everything that he didn't want me to read lined out, and I had to say, you know, that's really fine. You want to send me the printed copy? Send me the printed copy. But I also need a clean scan of the PDF so that I can just read it. And and then what happened is when he, the, the PDF was clean and the PDF had all the graphics and everything. So then I sat down with a pair of working eyeballs and we went through and he had the print copy and I had the PDF. And he told me all the things I didn't need to read. And I took those out of my, my final script. <laughs> so there, there are times when... Um, when there are things that I try not to make my clients worry about on their side that I right. do have to think about on my side. Right, because they might think that that this would be limiting to you. And, well, if anybody has gone to uh, Satana, which is spelled S-A-T-A-U-N-A dot com and heard your demos, uh, we know this has not exactly been limiting to you. No, and it's a really great field for blind people because, I mean, I'm sitting in my basement in a whisper room, hobbit hole, that uh, I love. One Hobbit of the best hole. investment in Hobbit hole. Yeah. I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm just, I don't have to think about how to get from point A to point B. I don't have to tell anybody. It's, it's like, great. I know that when they hire me, they're hiring me 
because they like what they heard. So. Right. All right. And if anybody listens to your demo, they'll like what you heard, too. Those uh, your animation demo is just incredible. Thank you. I love that demo. I you know, <laughs> and I, I have to confess, I hate animation demos and I've, I loved yours. I thank fact, you. I think yours is the only animation demo I've ever heard that I've even liked. Wow. It would just it just that's the kind of thing that to me showed everything that you can do as opposed to just sounding like a whole bunch of chaotic, you know, character sounds and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so tell me, what is it like for you um, to market yourself in voiceover? How do you go about doing that? You know, when I came into voiceovers, I started off on the pay-to-plays. Okay. And um, be- primarily because, again, it was just so easy for me. I didn't have to... I didn't have to cold call. I didn't have to locally market. I didn't have to be in front of anybody and surmount that whole, oh, my gosh, you're blind thing. Yes. It just worked. It was great. Um, and I've really built up a clientele. And then what else have I done with that? Um, I do email marketing. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, there's so many production houses. My goodness, just Google and you'll find tons of them. And so I market in that way, too. Um and, you know, I've got the website up and I've done this for about two and a half years now. You've only been doing voiceover two and a half years? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Listening to your demos. I would never, ever know that. Yeah. Well, I've gone through a number of demos, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've done, I've, but I've done it full time. I mean, when I stepped into it um, and really decided to do it, I got work within the first three to four days of auditioning full time. Wow. And so I went, wow, this is great. Um and so really just kept up. And now about 50% of my business is repeat slash ongoing clients. Which is awesome. I mean, that's the same thing here. I yeah. mean, how, how would anybody get by? But fortunately, with the kind of work we do, when somebody finds someone they love, they don't want to waste time trying to find someone else because they exactly. know that you can do it. So they always yeah. come back to you. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the other things that I also do is I do something called audio description, which is sort of the equivalent of closed captioning, but for blind people. So it's it's taking the visual elements that are on the screen and somebody writes up copy that describes those elements in preferably an objective fashion. And then somebody voices that copy. And um, so uh, there's a secondary audio programming channel on your TV set that you can turn on that will carry the audio description. Netflix has recently come on board and they're describing a lot of their content. So if you go into settings on Netflix, you can turn it on there. Uh, The Watch ABC iPhone app has it. Um, And so I describe for a lot of children and family programming, like a lot of the Litton Entertainment stuff on Saturday, Sunday mornings and the CBS Dream Team shows and some stuff for Netflix. And... uh, that is a blast. Tell me what a description would be like, because that's not anything, I'm sure I have access to it, but it's not anything I've ever noticed before. Uh, what would a description be like? It's it's essentially just making the visual, it's, it's making the visual elements verbal. So um, maybe you've got five people who walk into a room and somebody slams the door. Well, the, the person can hear that the door closed. That's obvious. But who slammed it? It uh, depends on whether the scene is clear about who slammed it. You know, if two people are having a fight and somebody walks out, who walked out? Mm-hmm. And it may be that the next thing that happens is if you stay with the person who walked out and that person opens their mouth, you know who walked out because they speak. But right, if right. if, the, if the entire scene changes to a different set of characters, you don't know. And so the audio describer might say, Julie, walked out the door. You're, you know, something like that. So that so that the blind person knows who who left. Wow. 
Does that make sense? Yeah. So you're doing voiceover full-time now after you just jumped into it full-time from, like, day one. I jumped into it full-time from day one, and I have been pretty much doing it full-time from day one. And I love it. And I think that that's the thing that surprised me is I knew I would enjoy it and have a good time at it, but I didn't quite know how much I would fall in love with it. And I it was so, so much fun. And and I love the, just the different the variety. That's what I love about it is you never know what you're going to do. Oh, and that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? And I'm not afraid of the technical stuff. I love the medical. I like the scientific. I worked um, as a contractor to Microsoft long ago and far away and have sold adaptive technology. And I'm a sort of a technology geek, so I like the, I like the technology stuff. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And, um, but I, and, uh, on the flip side, you know, there's nothing like just popping off a short 30 to 60 second radio ad. And, oh, yeah. And it feels so good, right? So, and, it, and it pays a lot for the 30 to 60 seconds you spent. Yeah. That's I, I prefer long stuff. form, not not books so much because that's really long form, but I prefer narration. I prefer e-learning medical because I love to learn, you know, but at the same time, yes. that 30 second spot, you know, the, yeah, those really help you pay the bills. They sure do. And there's, again, it's that variety and it's being able to put that e-learning aside for a bit and just throw out that 30 to 60 second and then come back fresh to the e-learning. Yeah. Too. Amen. Hey, is there anything that you would like to add, um, Sadana, to uh, to what we've been talking about? We've been talking about your um, your experience as a voiceover talent. And for me, the intrigue, well, after I met you particularly, um, was how in the world does someone who's vision it visually impaired do this but I don't want to I don't want to make your whole career sound like it's a disability because you have it's not you're awesome you know uh but is, is there and I'm sure people are curious as I am um not wanting to put you in the quote disabled category but to say wow how does she do that you know what I mean well you pretty much explained that and I'm just wondering if there's anything else that you'd like to add about that or about your voiceover career I think the thing that pops to my mind is just for people that are thinking about it or, you know, maybe you're kind of half in, half out. And this is sort of related to voiceover, but I think it's really related to life in general. Uh-huh. It's that thing about, you know, take the risk. If if you don't take the risk, you just never know what's going to happen. Right. Um, and it's so easy not to take the risk. Yes. If that makes any sense. Oh, I get that. You know, <laughs> so totally. Uh, yeah, I, I guess that's the thing that that comes to the forefront of of my mind. And is, what uh, uh, what kind of encouragement can you give anybody who, for whatever reason, whether uh, I knew one person who said he was starting to lose his sight, uh, another person might feel that they have I don't know a lisp or a voice they don't like, or you know whatever they perceive as something that will get in the way. What kind of advice would you tell to them? Uh, be real about it. You know, if it's anything I think, it's it's there. The, take the risk and go for it. But, you know, everybody has to balance this. And there's a difference between, I'm amazing and great and I can do anything. And, you know, the whole idea of, all right, I've got a skill set I need to learn or skill set that I need to brush up on or something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's, for me as a blind person, I do this with Braille. Um, I know people that do it um, it, it, almost the way that you can think of like the way that um, someone who's an interpreter uh, for foreign languages is listening to the foreign language person speak and then they're 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 saying it in uh, English. I'm <laughs> not saying so, this well, but you know what I'm saying? I do because uh, I've done that before and that is so hard. Yeah. So there are people who have a headset on and they're listening to the voice synthesizer speak the words and they're saying those words. Uh, so obviously they're interpreting and speaking. 
And they do just fine that way. I haven't really developed that skill. I've played with it a little bit and I can see kind of how to do it, but I certainly haven't put the practice in. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's a matter of figuring out what's going to work for you and that there are different ways to do it. And um, you just have to find out what works for you. And I think what's awesome about uh, the way you do it, um, Sadana, is uh, if, if you were listening to somebody else say the lines, particularly in your animation with your acting, if you were listening to them say it, it would be harder for you to interpret it yourself and not say it the way they did. Whereas just the fact that you're getting the lines and knowing what's happening here, you're able to totally uh, act those lines in in uh, animation and in video games and in, in anything that you're doing that I've heard on your animation demo far better than I could, that's for sure. Oh, thank you. It's it's a process, that's for sure. I mean, you know, um, I have to say I don't have any formal acting training. Uh-huh. And I think that that's one of those things that I feel like I'm really working on. And I I wonder sometimes if that's why I gravitate toward the technical and the nonfiction, because, <laughs> you know, it's straightforward stuff. Yeah. Um, so, but but yeah, your but animation it, shows that you definitely can do the acting parts. But no, I, I'm with you. I, I like doing the, the technical and the nonfiction because it's so much less work. <laughs> Not <laughs> that I'm still lazy. still get paid for it. <laughs> exactly. Not that I'm lazy, but hey, two hours here or 12 hours there, same price, you know. So no, yeah. I'm... Well, the other thing that's interesting for me too is is that with animation, one the one of the neatest parts about animation for me has sort of been discovering um, how much of the visual I don't n- know about, um, and I've noticed that both in doing animation and in doing audio description and audio describing an animated series, and sort of being like, wow, there's all of the stuff that goes on. Uh, and the great thing about animation scripts is that they they don't show the pictures so much as they tell the story uh-huh. uh, in words about you know what's going on visually, and it's really fun. So when so, you're when you're doing animation, because you were born 100% blind, yep. do you have any pictures in your head? Have you conceived somehow of some sort of a what a character might I don't know look like? You know what I find that. Um, I think that's what makes it possible for me to give them a voice. And if I'm struggling with that, I might talk to somebody who can see about what what it is that they think of when they hear these words. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, no, I I don't find that I pull up visual images of people or things very well. Right. Um, I tend to pull up images of things I have experience with. So if someone says, well, you know, an orange flew through the air and hit her in the face. I can totally visualize that because <laughs> I, I can imagine being hit in the face with a fruit, right? Yeah. And I've seen an orange kind of thing. So, I, you know, I get what the, the hardness or softness of something like that is. Right. Um, and I have sort of broad viewpoints about what colors are because society just conditions you to do that. And growing up blind, I think I was pretty curious about it as a kid. Um, but really, I mean, it's it's all I can do to remember the color of my own house. I mean, I just <laughs> well, I, can I don't tell retain you. visual information very effectively. I can yet. tell you right now, green is not very pretty, but purple and pink are just awesome. 
I remember talking with someone about green. My sister, when I was growing up, wanted a green car. And I was just like, why would you want something that looks the color of the boogers in your nose? I do not understand. <laughs> so, uh, but then there's green grass and there's green money. And so at that point, there was this whole discussion about shades that happened. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so it's, it's kind of funny. Yeah, I kind of wonder if if all of us don't see like if if like my favorite color is purple, okay? But maybe somebody else sees purple like I see yellow. <laughs> see, I'm, it's probably crazy because it's all about the waves being emitted, the light waves being uh, emitted from it. But you know, I just kind of wonder sometimes. Uh, but that doesn't mean that everybody's eyes are seeing it in the same way. I mean, it makes sense to me that what you're saying would be a possibility because so much of it is subjective. I mean, why would your favorite color be purple and somebody else's be yellow? I know. Um, you know, it's it's like music. It's like voices, right? I mean, our voices, as awesome as you and I are, <laughs> uh, we're not perfect for every project. No, no. You know? Nobody is perfect for every single project. No. Right. So and that's the wonderful thing about it, too, is I don't have to feel attached to any of it because mm -hmm. there's so it's such an abundance of work out there. And um, it's OK. Yeah. It's not about who's best. It's about no. who's right. Yeah. It's about who's right for this position or who they think probably would be right. Yeah. It's all subjective. Yeah. Well, Satana, I thank you so much for spending this time with us. It's been very enlightening to me, and um, it's very enjoyable to talk to you on Skype. And I hope I see you again at another event like, you know, like we did at The Voice 2014 sometime soon, because um, you were kind of, we just, uh, for, for those who are listening, we just happened to be across the way from each other, my booth across from her booth. And it was just awesome because I got to meet her and talk to her for a little bit, and she's such a fun person. That it's uh, my procrastination that took me this long <laughs> to contact you. <laughs> oh, well, did I just confess that? I'm sorry. <laughs> that was supposed to be my inner voice. Oh, yes. Well, I think we're all familiar with procrastination, <laughs> right? To a certain extent. Yes. Well, yeah, thank we're you. kind of fighting that uphill battle. Thank you so, so much for joining us. And I wish you well in your career because, wow, I can't believe, honestly, from what I've heard on your demos that you've only been doing this like two and a half years. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was really, really fun. Thank you, Satana, for joining us today. And thank you for joining us. I hope you loved hearing Satana's story as much as I did. We're talking to Gustavo Simon Lopez of ANG Audio, who is so sold on IPDTL that he won't hire a voiceover talent who won't connect via IPDTL. Simon, what is so special about IPDTL that it's your first and only choice? IPDTL is cost-effective, easy to use, transmits in real time, and it's worldwide. We've used it to connect with talent as far as Turkey, France, Italy, and as close as Texas and California, all without any issues. ANGAudio.com stands behind IPDTL. Visit IPDTL.com and use discount code Julie Williams. You've been listening to the VoiceOver Insider Podcast with Julie Williams. Be sure to join us next week for more VoiceOver Insider information and another edition of the McFadden Minute.